This is Mayo Clinic Talks, a curated weekly podcast for physicians and healthcare providers. I'm your host, Daryl Chutka, a general internist at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Education is the cornerstone to introducing new medical concepts. But how do you educate all the individuals who need it? Not only practicing clinicians, but researchers, medical students, and perhaps most importantly, the public. Today, we'll be discussing education in regenerative medicine with Dr. Saranya Wiles, a course director for regenerative medicine and surgery and resident physician in the Department of Dermatology. Saranya, welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Chekka. Great to be here. This is an interesting concept because you've got an area of medicine which those in practice really don't know much about. So how do you take a new concept that potentially could revolutionize how we practice medicine and how do you educate the groups that need it? What, first of all, what groups do you identify as those who need the education? Absolutely. That's a really fundamental point of introducing new curriculum into standard traditional medical learning has been a challenge, but also very exciting in, in our new way of thinking, in our new futuristic plans towards medicine as it also advances. So it's been really a welcome challenge, really, to uh, introduce these principles. And to really think back, you know, I'd like to start off with defining regenerative medicine and to so that we can understand why it's important important to introduce it into traditional medical curriculum. And to define regenerative medicine, we really have to think about aging and chronic disease. So as we age and with chronic diseases, our potential to heal our bodies within itself, um, the innate or natural healing response slows down. And the concept of regenerative medicine has existed for years. It's dated back to the time with the the Greek gods uh, when Prometheus had his liver regenerate over and over by Zeus's eagle. So the concept of regeneration has captivated humans. So it's the idea of how do we harness that regenerative potential that we hold into addressing the new ways to restore form and function. And that's the concept that we want to bring forward with aging and chronic disease. And as that slows down, how do we reintroduce that? So that's really where the idea of regenerative medicine came forward. We were very excited about it spanning across various medical and surgical specialties. So in regards to your question about the groups that need to be educated, um, it's, it's really broad. We want to educate our healthcare providers, and that includes our medical students, our residents, longitudinally across medical training, but also our graduate students, the basic scientists that are performing all of these discoveries in the lab. But it also involves our healthcare delivery workers. So that includes our nursing team, our social workers, our regulatory staff, our ethics staff. So bringing that whole multidisciplinary, interdisciplinary group together will be really important in our goal to drive this field forward. So how do you see the field of regenerative medicine really changing what we do? I imagine you need to educate those in practice first, because how is their life going to be changed by regenerative medicine? Absolutely. And regenerative medicine has already permeated into the clinical practice. Um, and that is sort of the 
balance of hype versus hope that patients are finding themselves in. So right now, if we enter into the world of what is regenerative medicine look like, patients are coming into our clinics and asking about stem cell trials that they've read either on the newspaper, in their in-flight magazines. They heard about it in a podcast or a radio show, and, and they're interested in learning more about it. So they come into clinics and with, with providers and practitioners and ask about these different modalities of treatment. And the area that is the biggest gap that we've identified is that the healthcare providers, um, physicians, nurse practitioners are not able to adequately answer patient questions. And so the most important need to educate the medical and scientist workforce, as well as the healthcare delivery workforce is so that we can properly educate our patients. So the concept of regenerative medicine being delivered out there and what is out there and and disregarding a lot of the misinformation, but truly bringing out validated solutions for patients and how do we appropriately educate and counsel our patients while the new therapies are evolving forward. All right. Well, let's start with a discussion on educating our earliest medical learners, our medical students, Uh, because we've actually worked together on this uh, a few years back. Medical schools have, for the most part, a very dense curriculum. I mean, everybody feels their field needs more time. And uh, so the medical school is filled up with courses. Mm -hmm. How do you go about introducing a new field into the curriculum that doesn't have a lot of empty space? How did you approach the medical school with this? Yeah, that's a great point. In thinking about what we've done in the past, it also applies to what we will need to do in the future because the concept of traditional medical learning has been stagnant for years and decades. And this is how medical students have learned. And that's important. It's important to get those basic fundamentals. But at the same time, we need to sort of think about this idea of disruptive innovation and to get students to think about new ways of learning, new ways of delivering care for patients starting very early. And so not only is is that something that we wanted to do, but we really thought that that was necessary to start that early and reinforce it longitudinally across their medical training. So that early introduction was really key. And like you're saying, most medical schools are packed with fundamentals and core concepts and core classes from anatomy to pathology that students need to be learning. And while that's important, fortunately, with the Mayo Clinic Alex School of Medicine, there is a little bit of flexibility that is already embedded in the curriculum. Selectives are elective options that students could participate in. So we decided to engage in one of the selectives and offer it as an optional curriculum for the students. Um, Initially, we started out with about 10 or 15 students. And over the past years, we've grown to um, over 250 students who have expanded and and engaged in this curriculum. So, and that concept of early introduction, we really wanted to start there because we thought it would be important to reiterate what they've learned as their medical knowledge is advancing across medical training, but also to remember their concepts of regenerative medicine and how that plays into what they've learned. Yeah, for our listeners, let's uh, educate them a little bit about what selectives consist of. Uh, For the medical school at Mayo, there are week to two week periods of so-called green space interspersed throughout the first two years where students are allowed to select a particular area of interest for them. They may shadow a surgeon or they may spend time in dermatology, but regenerative medicine came up with its own selective 
And it turned into probably one of our most popular and well-organized selectives. And you were a big part of that. How many others worked on developing this and how many actually participated in this selective for the medical students? Yeah, Dr. Cheka, it's a team effort. And, you know, we really were very fortunate to have a lot of faculty members that were engaging in the regenerative medicine and surgery space. So we were fortunate to invite our faculty. We had at that time when we started about 15 clinical trials in regenerative medicine, which has expanded to well over 50 clinical trials at present within the regenerative medicine space. But we wanted to invite faculty from these different clinical trials that are engaging in orthopedic surgery, otolaryngology, in dermatology, in uh, internal medicine, pulmonology, and have them share their experiences of where there is a need. So in a lot of these degenerative chronic diseases, in, there's no solutions for patients and how do we introduce the concept of regenerative medicine as a potential avenue for healing. So we've been very fortunate to have over 40 faculty members um, through each iteration of our selective. Um, and the beautiful part about regenerative medicine is that it's a constantly evolving field and we adopt those changes into each course that we offer every year. So Every year, we present new clinical trial findings from the previous year. We also offer new clinical trials that um, have been introduced, and we also offer regulatory changes that has been part of the changing field and the environment. We also offer ethics and, and other ways that the students can keep engaged as the field self-advances. So I think that's been a wonderful team effort. We have students that return as teaching assistants to the course. That's also been wonderful to, to have that group team effort continue over the course of their medical training. Well, let's take the next level of learners, some more advanced learners, such as residents, providers in training, and um, healthcare providers who are already practicing. How do you educate them? Great. We almost started early, but we have to work our way backwards. So it's very important that we educate our physicians that are already in practice, because these are the physicians that are the frontline workers that are getting these questions about stem cell therapies. So when patients go in now, it could be at a rural practice in Minnesota, where their um, rural physician is being asked about a, a new trial or a new therapy. What can they do for treatment what can they offer for ALS? Um, and is there something new? You know, I read about this study on, on the paper. So when patients approach our currently practicing physicians about these with these questions, it will be really important for them to be prepared. And so our goal is to offer these online courses and CME credit that practicing physicians can be engaged in. So the podcast is a prime example of one that we hope to engage um, practicing physicians. But we also want to engage our additional workforce, as you mentioned, our nursing team, our other healthcare delivery staff, our people that are counseling patients on a day-to-day -day basis to, to be fluent in this language. And so not only will it be important to train early on, but also introduce these concepts for the next generation, the virtual learner. So how do we disseminate this knowledge broadly, not just in, in across our state. We've been fortunate to be funded by Regenerative Medicine Minnesota over the course of our past five years, but beyond our, within our state walls, how do we expand it to national and global learners as well? So those are efforts that we're looking into. Well, perhaps the most difficult group to educate are our patients. They have been deluged with false information about what regenerative medicine can do 
all you need to do is look through the internet and it promises all of these treatments for conditions that really can't be treated that effectively. So how do you educate patients into the realities of what regenerative medicine can do? And there's some amazing things, but you know, right now it can't cure some of the claims that are being made. So how do you educate patients? Yeah, there is a lot of misinformation out there. We try to tell patients about the harms of Dr. Google and, you know, they come in with a lot of this preconceived notions and more of the hype with the hope. So the stem cell tourism is real. So a lot of these populations that are seeking therapies are at the end of their treatment plans. They don't, they are vulnerable populations. They are pediatric populations. They're populations that are dealing with degenerative disease and have spent exorbitant amounts on their healthcare treatments already. So this is a very vulnerable population. And and I think it's really important to help them and provide them solutions that are trusted. And that's where we come in with our courses and education in, in regards to educating our providers, because the more providers that you have out there that are fluent in what is a stem cell and what are regenerative medicine clinical trials and where can you go to get safe clinical trials and validated treatment options. If you can educate the providers, then the information will correct itself down the road. So that's where we hope to start, but we also hope to provide patient portals. International Society for Stem Cell Research is a big organization and they have uh, patient portals that help answer questions about clinical trials and FDA approved trials. So I think there are organizations out there that are trying education patients independently. But in addition to that, we also need to be um, thinking about our providers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you've got a major challenge. You don't really have a clean slate to start with with the public and just give them the education. You've got to dispel the false education that they've already received and then give them the true stuff about what it can really do. So that's a major challenge. Exactly. Well, how about those who want to get more advanced education and advanced degree, say a master's or a PhD in regenerative medicine? Is that option available? Absolutely. And, you know, we are thrilled to be sharing that regenerative sciences has actually achieved academic rank here at Mayo Clinic. So it it has its own graduate school track and uh, it's called the regenerative sciences training program. And we offer a PhD as well as an MD PhD that students can pursue in this track. There's also master's programs that we're building out and that will be available for uh, our general healthcare providers, our residents, our uh, Mayo Clinic employees, and um, anyone from the outside as well. You know, if you're listening to this podcast and are interested in learning more about regenerative sciences course, I urge you to consider going online and checking out our Mayo Clinic regenerative medicine courses, as well as advanced degree programs and consider applying uh, because we have a great place to learn and, and offering new courses all the time. Well, I'm curious, even as a medical student, and now as a resident in dermatology, you've been one of the leaders of regenerative medicine. How did you get interested in this field? Because there was not a lot of promotion of it when you were in your uh, early years of medical school. Yes. And I think that's the power of mentorship. For me, I was introduced to the concept of regenerative medicine very early on. Fortunately, through positive mentorship when I was in college and I learned about wound healing and I learned about cardiac stem cells that could beat outside in a dish. And you can learn about how they can regenerate the heart and the potential of regenerative medicine. And I was like, 
that's science fiction. That's just magic. So I was very captivated by this field and the potential of the field at, a, at an early stage in my training. And I had very fortuitous mentorship with me to the Harvard Stem Cell Institute. I worked with um, one of the leaders there in developing new patient-specific stem cells. And he was just a great mentor, Dr. Doug Melton. Um, and so I learned a lot of my early interest in regenerative medicine through him and also learned to teach. At that time, I would teach undergraduate students. So when I came to Mayo Clinic, I was excited to share this potential and excited to see about all of the practices that Mayo already had to offer. So um, it was just a, a good coming together of lots of groups. And I expect that once you complete your training, uh, regenerative medicine will be a big part of your practice. Is that correct? Absolutely. I'm very interested in wound healing and in chronic wounds and chronic non-healing wounds and how we can use aspects of regenerative medicine to heal the skin. That's part of the reason that led me to study dermatology. The skin is the largest regenerative organ that we have, and um, it's got great potential. And I think the concepts that we can apply, not just to the skin, but a lot of other parts of the body and, and learn how we can restore form and function uh, over time. So I, I, I see great things for this field, and I look forward to being engaged for years to come. Saranya, let's conclude by asking you to come up with maybe two or three key points of interest regarding the importance of education in regenerative medicine. The main point that I would leave with is moving medicine forward and disruptive thinking. Currently, we are offering solutions to patients that are at a standstill, and a lot of times there are no solutions. This field urges our learners, our practitioners to think beyond. And that's the concept that I hope to share with students as they engage in these courses, um, how to bring together the medical and scientist workforce. Um, right now, it takes an idea 10 years from going from basic science into the clinical practice. So how do we accelerate that? How do we make positive change that's going to improve patient outcomes? And so that's the point I will leave behind is to bringing together this multidisciplinary workforce of medical education and graduate school education, bringing together the medical scientists and urge them to think about the next generation ideas that can really offer new solutions for patients. Well, we've been discussing the importance of education in regenerative medicine with Dr. Saranya Wiles, course director for regenerative medicine and surgery and resident physician in the Department of Dermatology. Saranya, it's been wonderful seeing you again. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Cheka. You can now listen to over 100 different medical topics developed for primary care providers on Mayo Clinic Talks podcasts. Find them at ce.mayo.edu or your favorite podcasting app. If you've enjoyed Mayo Clinic Talks podcasts, please subscribe. Stay healthy and see you next week. Music